Right to be read podcast, episode number 48. Interview with Adam Gamalin. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to be Read podcast. I'm your host, Annie Alexander, and as always, I'm delighted that you're here and you're listening to me again. So before we start, uh, just a reminder that the show notes of this episode you can find at www.annialexander.com slash 48. And uh, in the show notes, you will get links uh, for three free resources that I've created for you. And those are three free PDFs that will enormously help you in preparing and publishing your book, in finding the perfect affordable professional cover for your book, and in using Twitter to build your audience and readership. And today's interview is um, not so much about inspiration and encouragement, although that we have in it too, but it's mainly from those interviews where I introduce you to different tools and options and possibilities that you could use in in order to grow as an author and in order to have a simpler solutions for your publishing. So today uh, I will be talking with the co-founder of Inkshares. And what is Inkshares? It's basically a crowdfunded publishing. And if you put it in very simple terms, authors pitch the crowdfunds and they publish. So it's a platform which is designed for diverse range of authors who want a better alternatives to traditional publishing. So let's start the interview and find out what a crowdfunding publishing is about and what it can offer to newbie writers. Today I'm talking to Adam Gamelin. He's the co-founder of Inkshares. And since he knows much better than me what Inkshares is and what it's about, uh, I would like him to introduce the Inkshares for us. Hi, yeah, well one, thanks for uh, for having us on. Inkshares uh, is a crowdfunded publisher. Um, the process is pretty simple. Authors pitch, uh, the crowd funds, and we publish. Um, we went live about six months ago. Right now, we see about one book um, per week crowdfunding. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a pretty exciting month for us. Just a couple days ago, um, people ordered about $25,000 of books in a single day. So we're growing quickly. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty straightforward process. What we wanted to do was democratize access to all of the wonderful things that publishers could do in terms of um, really great editorial, really wonderful design, um, access to the offset printing production process, and print distribution internationally. Um, that was really um, and it really uh, remains our goal today. Wow, uh, amazing. And uh, what about, uh, like, how did you come up with this idea? Did you uh, write yourself or did you have anything to do with self-publishing before? Yeah, um, the idea was originally created not by me, but one of the other co-founders, Thad Woodman, who was actually on an airplane right now to, um, he's flying to Nashville, Tennessee to spend some time with Ingram, which is the biggest book distributor in the world and also one of our uh, investors. Thad kind of grew up 
in publishing. His parents um, founded and sold a very successful publishing company in the mid-90s. Um, his brother, Spencer, is a journalist, and I think he was looking around, and he said, you know, $100 million has crossed Kickstarter, if you include um, kind of graphic books, mm -hmm. in terms of crowdfunding for books, and that's a pretty significant number, but we don't know where those books go. You know, do they get great editors? Um, do they end up in bookstores? Do those authors um, really have a chance to succeed? You mentioned self-publishing. Um, you know, personally, um, I, I've always been someone who loves to write. I'm also our general counsel, so I'm a lawyer by training, and a lot of lawyers, I think, much like many of the people that are hopefully listening to this, this podcast, harbor a desire to um, perhaps quit their day job um, and really, you know, write the next great novel. Um, so that's certainly something um, that as, you know, a lover of the written word and someone who loves to write that I, I think it's a passion for not just me, but for all of us here at Inkshares. Okay, so very interesting. So now uh, it means, can we go through the process? Let's say I'm, I'm a new uh, author, or I have written a new book, and I have the draft manuscript in place. Uh, I discovered your website. What do I do next? Right. There is a, um, well, I mean, the first thing that I would um, suggest somebody do um, when getting to Inkshares is probably just to browse around, um, to take a look, get a feel for the site, what we do, um, some of the amazing and fantastic talented authors that are uh, crowdfunding on there right now and that have already uh, successfully crowdfunded and are now publishing their books. Um, but there's a big green button it says start a project. Mm -hmm. And I would suggest that they click on that button. Um, it takes you through a whole flow. It asks you, um, you know, a number of detailed questions. Are you writing fiction? Are you writing nonfiction? How long is your book? Um, what format um, do you wish to publish in? All of those numbers feed into an algorithm mm -hmm. that figures out uh, how much it'll cost to produce that book, which is the amount that needs to be crowdfunded in terms of pre-sold books. And that's the number that we all work toward. Um, we see that as the demand. Um, I mean, it actually might benefit us to take a step back and ask ourselves um, why crowdfunding and publishing are so important together. When we were all, um, you know, founding chairs a year ago. Um, the actual product launched uh, about six months ago. We took a look around at publishing and we said, you know, this is an industry that makes a lot of money. You know, um, mm -hmm. it made almost $20 billion last year and that excludes self-publishing. Doesn't it include, you know, the revenue from the 1.2, 1.3 million books published on places like Amazon's CreateSpace? Um, but, you know, there's always this discussion of, you know, what's wrong with publishers. Um, and for us, we, th we thought, you know, the main issue is that a small number of people make a decision about what a very large number of people are going to read, right? Mm -hmm. So a small number of acquisitions editors decide what books get purchased and greenlit and, and are given access to legacy publishing. We said, what if instead of one or two or three people making those decisions, what if it was one or two or 3,000? What if it was 100 or 200 or 300,000? What would have happened if J.K. Rowling, um, the author of Harry Potter, after being rejected 18 or however many times it was, what if she had put the first chapter of Harry Potter on Inkshares, 
And people all across the world had read it. And they had said, this is one really talented author, and this is an amazing story and narrative. And they had all decided to pre-order the book. Um, that would have been an amazing thing. And that's really the world that we sought out to help build. Um, but there's a really awesome um, corollary part of that. You know, most authors only take home, I mean, most authors don't get an advance from a publisher. Mm-hmm. And they take home only about 10% of royalties, maybe 15% of royalties, which means more often than not, they're only making a dollar a book. If you figure the average book only sells 6,000 copies, that's not very much money for an author to live on, right? Exactly. Um, now, the problem with traditional publishers, I mean, they do a lot of wonderful things and they do many of them great. You know, I'm sitting here in my office and there's books stacked, you know, everywhere. And those are um, books that have been made by traditional publishers. So we're not trying to wage war on that industry, really. Um, we have a lot of respect for it. But, you know, when you green light a lot of books that don't sell, because you never involved the crowd in vetting them, then you have this um, this kind of ancillary problem, which is that you have to make up for on your big sellers what you lose on everything else. So that's why they take 90% of royalties. It means that they make so much money on the Harry Potters that they can make up for all what they lost everywhere else. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's really one of the main problems. So for us, um, the crowdfunding subsidizes the cost to produce the book. So because we've already vetted the market for the book, um, we have less risk as a publisher and we're able to give authors 50% of gross revenue and 70% in digital. Um, so that's really like how we see ourselves. An author comes to us with a manuscript. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe it's just the first chapter or if it's a nonfiction, um, you know, they've, they've got the outline and, and the page goes up. You know, usually the author, um, you know, creates the page and they'll ping us. We'll dive in and give some suggestions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the crowd will read it and say, we really love this. And, you know, um, I mean, we had a book the other day raise, you know, $20,000. And that was just from people signing on and reading it and saying, I want to buy that book. I'll buy it now for $25. And I'll buy it for $25. And I'll buy it for, and I'll buy 10 for $250. Wow. And, you know, that's a book that we now know. Um, that people really, really, really want. It's a book that we know that people want, and that's it's just a really great embodiment of what InkShares is and what we set out to do. Oh, it's very interesting. So just a question. There are many people who are starting out and they don't have yet uh, their own audiences, which might back them up, let's say. Uh, do you have like, does your site has embedded audience that they can rely on, like at least uh, some number of people? Or if you are just starting out and you don't have your own audience, this thing won't work for you? Yeah. I mean, certainly what InkShares wants to be one day is a site where um, an author need only show up with a great idea mm-hmm. and um, they're funded on the um, kind of independent enthusiasm of readers across the world. We have seen some projects develop kind of backing far beyond the circle of initial backers. So we've seen um, kind of like, you know, runaway funders for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, just we want to be really candid with, with all authors. Um, the authors that we've seen succeed the most on InkShares are authors that already have an audience. Um, you know, we have seen um, people crowdfund effectively with who had 17 Twitter followers. 
you know, we have a book coming out in um, February called Slim and the Beast by um, a wonderful young author who's about 27 years old and lives in France. He's an American expatriate. Um, and it's wonderful. It's just a beautiful piece of literary fiction. And he had 17 Twitter followers. I mean, he had really no audience to speak of. Mm-hmm. And he was determined. And he wrote to blogs. And he walked into bookstores and he did readings. And yeah, I mean, he did it. It was really, really unbelievable to watch. Um, So we have um, seen people without a kind of pre-established base or audience successfully crowdfund. And there are certainly people that come to Inkshares to back books. You know, we don't, the kind of the information architecture of the site right now is not built to refer people to other projects. So like if you backed one project, it doesn't come up and say, hey, you should also back this. Mm-hmm. But we've seen almost uh, somewhere between 10 and 20% of people that have backed one project have backed another project. So we are seeing that kind of re- repeat backing. Um, that makes us really, really happy, um, you know, um, in terms of like, you know, we've always – Uh, I mean, I think it speaks to a desire for individual readers to play an active role in the literary world. There is something wonderful about being part of making a book possible. Um, So certainly that's where we are going. And certainly we have seen people without a large social graph or without a pre-established base or audience fund. Um, But it's a lot easier with it. Mm -hmm, I see. And what happens... Can I add just one more quick comment on that? Absolutely. Sure. Go ahead. The problem of having a base... Um, that you bring with you is um, fortunately or unfortunately no different at Inkshares than it would be at um, an Amazon's Create Space mm-hmm. or in many cases even at a legacy publisher. One of the biggest things that a legacy publisher looks for um, in deciding whether or not to acquire a book is how many Facebook or Twitter followers, You know, what is the social media graph of this author? Um, the kind of signal from noise problem that exists on self-publishing, right? You know, you can publish a book on CreateSpace, and CreateSpace is an amazing tool. But you know, you are one book in a sea of ten. You know, um, last year, one point three million other books. Yeah. Um, so the, I mean, I think when we talk about base, we're talking about is there enough people that are already interested in this book? to help it gain an initial level of notoriety that it'll, um, by virtue of that, be able to succeed on its own merit. That's certainly something that we're, we're working on at Inkshares. But I think that it's it's a problem that is um, not in any way um, different from the ones that a legacy publisher has or even um, an open publisher like Amazon's CreateSpace. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's it's. Uh, I mean, this is uh, something that authors have to deal with from the very beginning. It's you know, it takes time, but everyone has to build his own audience anyway, because relying on others is not the, <laughs> the wisest thing to do. No, absolutely. But thank you for asking that question. That that's. Um, I mean, that's one of the most um, keen and incisive questions that you could ask. Yeah, well, because I mean, most of us, uh, I mean, me and my listeners are in, in the stage when we are just building our audiences, so they are not very large, and it's it's important mm-hmm. to know what to expect. So, uh, okay, um, as I understood, when you create your project based on the questions that you've been asked, you, the calculation is done, and the estimated target amount which needs to be backed up is is uh, already clear from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. 
And what happens next? Is it like Kickstarter that either it's it's um, it has to be uh, funded completely, or what happens if it's let's say sixty percent funded? Yeah, we like Kickstarter. Are mm-hmm. zero or one? We are not like Indiegogo, where you know you can you know partially fund a project mm-hmm. and then take that money. For us, um, the reason that we chose not to do it that way is that producing a book properly takes a lot of resources um, mm-hmm. and we don't want to be in a situation where an author raises a portion of the money and then the people who pre-order the book get a kind of like underfunded version of the book that they're not excited about um, so yeah it is it's that binary zero or one um, uh, mm-hmm. model Mm-hmm, I see. And what about, I mean, usually, uh, I mean, we know about how the traditional publishers work and how you can deal with things when you're self-publishing. What when, um, in your case, uh, let's say my project is backed up already 100%, so it's done, how much control do I have over, uh, you know, how much opinion I can have on, on cover design, interior design, and, and things like that, which which will be done later on yeah well let's first talk about our design resources okay Um, we um partnered with a design firm called mcfadden and thorpe um they designed some of chronicle books most uh gorgeous and wonderful books um and they're just they're unbelievably talented so we work with them in terms of typography um layout uh, typesetting um, so, I mean, we have a, a pretty immense amount of resources, um, whether it's, you know, cover design or, or, or just kind of interior layout. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are lots of really, really interesting parts, um, of laying a book out. Um, you know, one of the really interesting things is that the proliferation of kind of, um, digital publishing today and by digital publishing, I don't mean print on demand. I mean, literally words on a screen, have allowed us to do amazing tests into readability. Um, you know, we've learned that you know I think 64 characters is the number of characters that people optimally read per line. Um, when you go to um, a wonderful open publishing platform like Medium, um, mm-hmm. you know the people always go, "Oh my God!" You know, um, and I hope they have the same experience on Inkshares. This is so clear and easy to read. Yeah. Um, and we're really endeavoring right now to take a lot of the, you know, the kind of readability analyses and all of these new metrics and discoveries and to put them in the, in the context of, of the book. Now it's harder because, you know, it turns out that, I mean, something that we all intrinsically understand, we don't like to read words and they're, they're grouped too closely together. It's easier to read them. Um, when there's more space on the page. I mean, mm-hmm. that's actually no different from when we were all learning how to read when we were little. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, and I, I mentioned this to say that it's a fantastically interesting process and it's one that we're genuinely excited about bringing our authors into. Um, it's an amazing thing to create a story, um, to create the ideas and the words. Um, there's an entire process that most authors, um, you know, have yet to think about, which is what do those words look like when they're actually placed on a page? What is the font, you know? What is the font size? How close are the words together? How close are the lines together? Um, and that's something that like we love being able to take authors into that that world. Um, in terms of cover design, um, it's again a place where we work really, really closely with our authors. It's a place where we talk to book distributors, where we talk to book buyers, and we say, "What do you think of these covers?" Um, I think it's it's a roundtable discussion, but 
the author has a has a big seat at that table. Uh huh. Okay, that's very important. <laughs> and the other thing which um, we usually have with traditional publishers are um, the timings, which are like compared to self publishing, they're extremely slow, and it uh -huh. takes very long time until you actually have the book physically printed and ready. So, uh, what happens with you in this case? Well, I mean, the production process for a book depends on a host of considerations. I mean, how far along is the manuscript? How much editing will the manuscript take? Mm -hmm. um, you know, where is the book being printed? You know, when you print a book in Hong Kong, it takes two to three months for that book to get here. Um, you know, if you print it domestically in the United States, it gets here a lot more quickly. And obviously, I imagine your readership is all over the world. So it may take, you know, shorter or longer for a book to go from, you know, Hong Kong to wherever your readers are. Um, you know, there are um, sales conferences with book distributors. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, it's it's fascinating. I mean, and of course, we're talking about books. So is, is it an ebook or is it a print book? You know, an ebook can, you know, hurdle through cyberspace and be, you know, in, in Amazon in, in a second. You know, print books, um, you know, they, they go on ships. Ships, uh, you know, it's amazing. You know, the, the tides in the Pacific Ocean can change, um, you know, how quickly a book gets here. Um, but, you know, I mean, we aim to deliver our books within about six months of crowdfunding ending. That's that's our general goal. Uh huh. Okay, I see. So once it's it ends, and I'm looking at the website now and at the projects which one can back up, and I see that you know when when you look at how many days are left until the end of it, uh -huh. uh, I mean here I see like quite large numbers like 159 155 uh, you know over 100 around 90 something so how how long is the period uh, usually i mean people are able to to change it we encourage people to do about um uh, 47 days so you know just a little over a month and a half mm -hmm. um you know there's some um evidence to show that that is actually the um the best um number But uh, yeah, you know, we, we've had some people um, ask for, for more time. Um, some people are very confident and said it for 30 days. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Because I was just thinking, like, let's say I back up a project which, which has 65 days to go or 100 days to go. So after that, we know whether, whether the book will be published or not. And then if I need a hard copy, it will take at least six months until I get it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, in some cases, it's a long time, but I think that time is actually very exciting. Let me give you a, a great example. Daniel Wallace um, is the best-selling author of Big Fish, which was turned into a movie by Tim Burton, starring Ewan McGregor. Mm -hmm. um, and Daniel was our first crowdfunded author. He, uh, he did a children's book called The Cat's Pajamas, which will be hitting stores this Monday. Um, it's a really really exciting book. Um, but Daniel ended up having to redo a lot of his initial artwork um, because the nature of the paper in which he had done it and the scans, it, ju it just didn't come out properly. Um, so that ended up probably taking, you know, th three to four months longer than we initially anticipated. But during that time, uh, Daniel consistently sent updates to his backers saying, hey, here's a picture of me. Um, here's a video of me, you know, drawing out the new illustrations, um, you know, what do you think about this one versus mm -hmm. this one? 
And he really brought his audience with them. I mean, I actually, I backed that project on InkShares. Maybe I'm a little biased, but I loved his updates. I mean, one, he's an amazingly talented author and he took an immense amount of care in speaking with his audience. But I mean, one of the things that's been so exciting for authors about InkShares isn't just the ability to get access to traditional publishing resources, um, but the ability to um, share the publishing process mm-hmm. with your readers. So um, I look at that, you know, an extended an extended kind of runway, so to speak, not about, um, um, not as a bad thing, but a good thing. Yeah. As well, an opportunity. Yeah, it's true that when you involve the audience, they become part of the process and then, you know, they get more involved and emotionally attached to what they are getting at the end. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a completely different attitude when you, you are there from the very beginning, you, you end up you know anticipating it in in a completely different manner and um okay so now let's imagine everything is done uh, the book is ready uh we all know that it's it's not the end there is a lot to do after that as well uh so uh what about the book marketing and the distribution part how how is it organized yeah um absolutely so book distribution um, is one of the most interesting parts of the book business. Um, you know, people used to purchase books the way they used to purchase, or I guess the way we still purchase groceries, right? Mm-hmm. Which is you had a kind of an abstract idea of, you know, I need to buy food. I need to buy books. So you would go to the bookstore and you would walk into an aisle, Right. And you'd say, I want to, you know, I need a self-help book. So you go to the self-help aisle, right? And you just start looking at books. That browsing experience is something that has really um, dissipated. Um, And, you know, I can only really speak intelligently to book consumption patterns in North America right now. Um, But but, but speaking to that, you know, you do still have people that walk into bookstores and and look around for sure. Um, But... You know, there's no real browsing function um, in in that in that way on Amazon. You know, most people don't go to Amazon and um, search for books. They go to Amazon with an idea of I know the book that I already want to buy. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to Amazon and they're 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 typing. They're either typing the title of the book, you know, Thomas Piketty's Capital, into Google and clicking on the Amazon link, or they're going to Amazon and they're typing it into the search and then getting it. Um, and, and that makes everything, you know, when we talk about book distribution, um, you know, distribution really involves two things. It involves um, logistics and sales. You know, there is the moving of a book from one place to another. Um, and that is, you know, that's a logistics thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's something that, you know, takes a lot of time. But, you know, Ingram is uh, obviously fantastic at that. You know, and then there's the sales aspect. You know, how do you convince a bookseller to purchase, you know, a book, you know, we, uh, the cat's pajamas, our first book will be, um, at almost every major independent, um, bookstore in the country. It's been purchased by Amazon, Amazon Canada. Um, it's been purchased by Barnes and Nobles. And as I said, also like, you know, all the independent guys, you know, and that is, um, you know, truly, truly, truly fantastic. But I think that, you know, what you have to do to effectively sell a book is give it a life as something more than a book. You have to, you know, the book is, is an intrinsically social aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, it has an intrinsically social aspect. It's an intrinsically social being. Um, and that's one of the most fun and interesting parts of crowdfunding is that crowdfunding is inherently social. People back a project and then they go talk about it, you know. 
um, when we um, went out to sell the cat's pajamas to, to bookstores, and we've sold almost the entire way through our first print run already, we said, you know, 500 people bought this mm-hmm. already. You know, we crowdfunded all these copies of it. So this is the demand for it. It's here. We proved it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Selling a book, I think, begins with understanding a book and understanding an author and understanding that author's audience. And uh, probably more than any any other aspect of the publishing process, this is where crowdfunding, I believe, pays the largest dividends. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, let's say um, someone has a book or two on Amazon, self-published, which I did a quite average, let's say. So he's not really happy with the results. And since he doesn't have time to to learn everything and to deal with the marketing and, you know, promotion of the book, is there a way to kind of relaunch it and have it on your site to to try again, let's say? Uh, So you're saying if they published with a, uh, like like an open publisher like Amazon? Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of people come to us and say, hey, I published with Lulu or I published with CreateSpace and I, I didn't feel that I had the resources, but I'd really like to try again. Um, we have a book um, called the, it's wonderful, you should check it out. It's called um, The Astronaut Instruction Manual. Mm-hmm. And it's by, uh, it's just, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, it's meant to inspire kids to work really hard in school and believe in themselves because they'll need, they're going to need to if they want to one day work in space. And if you're eight years old today, by the time you graduate from college, you know, um, we're talking about 2030, um, you know, more than 2030. And, uh, you know, there will be jobs in space. I mean, geez, we, you know, uh, we landed uh, that, that thing on that comet, you know, a couple days ago, you know, Virgin Galactic, X-Core, Blue Origins, SpaceX, you know, um, there is all of this amazing um, industry that's happening in, in space now. But uh, my point is that this book was originally published with Lulu and didn't really sell any copies. And the author just didn't have the experience that he would have hoped for. And that's not a smack on Lulu. It's a fantastic company. It's just that, um, you know, in the publishing process, you always got to figure out the right fit for every author. Mm-hmm. Um, and this author has sold, I think, you know, already $10,000 of books on on our site and is almost funded. So yeah, it's, it's really fantastic in that sense. Um, we're generally open to it. I mean, it would depend on the contract. We have to be able to get the rights for the book. So um, as long as, you know, one can you know, take the book off of, you know, CreateSpace or Lulu, um, then that's certainly something that we're open to. Okay. And does he have to take it out from Amazon um, when he's putting the project on your site or after it's backed up? No, it would need to be taken off prior. Prior to the thing. Okay, I see. But then, I mean, uh, when when I'm looking at this, uh, obviously there are so many advantages that it's worth thinking about. I mean, if it's just lying there and does nothing, then maybe... uh, I mean, Amazon's CreateSpace is is an amazing open publishing platform. It's done more to change publishing than, than I mean I don't I can't even think of you know anything other than that um, it's an amazing product um, it's an equalizer um, there are people that have massively massively succeeded on it Hugh Howie probably being the best example um, but it's not for everyone and um, you know uh, if an author you know doesn't get the experience that they that they want on there and they're able to get that experience with us then um, nothing can make us happier 
Yeah, well, and I think that uh, very often self-published authors don't have the resources they need to invest in order to get a good quality book mm-hmm. because, uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it can cost... It costs about ten to $12,000 usually um, to just get through editing, design, um, and an initial print run. So I mean, that's a lot of money for someone that probably doesn't have the resources for it. Yeah, and especially if this person is not uh, very good and he's just starting in uh, the self-publishing and book marketing and, uh, you know, just learning the things, most probably he won't really get this money back with the sales he will be achieving. So uh, it's just, you know, it may be unjustified investment. And here you get another approach, another option where you don't really have to invest so much. And then you can try things out before, uh, you know, driving into uh, a more uh, risky waters, let's mm-hmm. say. No, absolutely. Um, 100% couldn't agree more. Yeah, well, it's it's very, I mean, it looks amazing. Your site is very interesting. I, I encourage everyone to go and, you know, search around, look a bit, uh, get the feel of it. Uh, it's, it's really very clean, very uh, understandable, very clear. And uh, I think once they are there, they won't have too many questions, especially after this interview. Well, if, if, they, if they have questions, my email is adam, adam, at inkshares.com. And I'd be happy to answer them. Okay. So you, you've got the direct email address of the co-founder, guys. So go to the website and later on, if you have anything, <laughs> shoot him an email. Okay. Well, thank you very much for uh, the information. Uh, I'm absolutely sure that it was very valuable and many people will be interested. And before we leave each other, can you maybe um, give some advice to newbie writers? Like, you know, uh, let's say they, they, they are writing their draft manuscript or they're just finished it what do need, they need to do next yeah you know um it's a, that's it's a great um but difficult question because there are so <laughs> many dips, different different types of authors um yeah well you can maybe you can just illustrate the possible options like I different mean, routes yeah no totally i mean I think that the best thing that they can do is invite people they know into the publishing process. Um, I think that wonderful things happen when authors talk to other people. Um, you know, we have Chris Cole is a, a great example of an author on our site who successfully crowdfunded. And every time he completes a chapter, um, he sends it to his backers. You know, he's got hundreds of backers and they all give him notes. Chris, I love this. Chris, I didn't love this part. Um, you know, I think that the more you invite people in, um, the more you make it open. Um, and that's not to say that you should, as an author, you know, abdicate, you know, literary control, um, but just be open. Um, you know, try and engineer the same dynamic um, in, in writing off off of ink shares that I, I think makes writing on ink shares great. Um, and that's not meant to say that's not that perhaps comes across a little more self serving than I would have liked it to. Um, but I think that there are just great things that happen when authors engage with their audience early on. Um, that's kind of one of one of the very much the zeitgeist of ink shares. Um, but we are really true believers in it. So it's the same counsel that I would offer to anyone who's just kind of like writing alone in a room right now. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree completely because I truly believe that, you know, creating relationships with your readers is the best marketing <laughs> you can ever do because uh, also, uh, you know, you, you get this emotional connection with the readers. Which Yeah, is, I think that's really well stated. Yeah, it, it's just a very, very valuable thing that once you can achieve that, then, you know, ev everything else becomes so easy and uh, and so gratifying. So, uh, yeah, I, I truly Yeah, I agree. mean, there's nothing more gratifying than having someone love something that you wrote. Um, you know, uh, I was just, um, <coughs> while we were sit while I'm sitting here talking to you, um, I received an email from like a very large literary conference saying that um, our... Um, upcoming book called Slim and the Beast um, has been invited to be like the number one um, book that they're showing um, at this independent trade fair. And I mean, this is the author who I, I think I mentioned before had 17 Twitter followers when he started crowdfunding. Oh, yeah. From France. And from France. And he's just so talented. Um, he's so hardworking. And, you know, people backed him. And, you know, I hope, um, obviously, I'm biased and we stand to benefit from it. But, like, as his um, publisher, and, uh, you know, I, I really hope that he gets everything that he wants. I mean, not just because it means book sales for us. But, I mean, it's a vindication of everything we set out to do. This is a guy who couldn't get access to traditional publishing, not because he wasn't a phenomenally talented author, but because he was kind of a nobody, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, great guy, really cool dude, blast to hang out with, talented writer, but also just, you know, hasn't had um, the time. You know, he just hasn't had the time. You know, he's 27. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this isn't his fifth book. He hasn't had time to build the base. But, you know, people believed in the story. They'd read the first chapter and were like, "I, you took me into a world and I believe in the story. And to now start to see people believe in the story um, on a larger scale is, um, it's beautiful. Yeah, amazing. And, you know, uh, I think that it's worth experimenting and trying different routes. And, uh, you know, trying with ink shares is, uh, does not require any risk. So in worst case, your book won't be backed up. That's that's the worst that can happen to you, right? I mean, yeah, and, you know, just to be clear, I've seen books that I really love not fund. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I've seen books that I backed not fund. And, um, uh, you know, it happens. I, I uh, you know, um, not everyone's taste is the same. Mm -hmm. And getting attention and traction on the internet is an enormously difficult thing. Um, you know, now I do believe that if you can succeed on our site, that you're really well positioned for success in the market. Mm -hmm. But that's still a big thing. Um, so, I mean, and just kind of like, I guess, uh, I know we're signing off, but to just, you know, speak directly to, you know, your, your um, all the people um, who have tuned, tuned into this podcast, um, you know, publishing is, is hard. Um, you know, um, I could, uh, you know, forward you one of the medium posts written by Sam, the, uh, the author in, in France. Um, and he said, you know, crowdfunding was really hard, but it wasn't as hard as getting rejected, um, you know, like 82 mm. times or whatever, you know, um, I think to successfully publish today as a, as a newbie author, you really got to be willing to run through walls. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's, it's very crowdy and, uh, you kind of fight for the attention in a space where, you know, uh, the attention spam is very low and people are very busy and, you know, there are so many things to look at and to read and so little time that it's, you know, you have to be able to grab the attention as soon as possible, which is quite tricky. I mean, not everyone mm -hmm. can do that. <laughs> it's hard. No, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. 
um, for having me and Ink Shares on this. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for dedicating the time for me and for my listeners. I'm absolutely sure it's been a valuable experience. Um, no, um, thanks for thanks for from us. And if you're ever out here in uh, sunny California, give us a give us a shout. Okay. <laughs> Well, that was all I found out about crowdfunding your books. Hopefully, uh, you've got most of the information that you needed for this. If no, you can always go to their website and check it out at inkshares.com. And if for any reason you would like to find out a bit more about me, then you can go to my website at www.annialexander.com. Annie spelled A N I. Well, today is quite gloomy and uh, cold weather in here. It's cloudy, it rains. It's been quite dark almost the whole day because of the clouds. So I wasn't very productive because of this, but I managed to edit and put this podcast episode just for you. So take care, keep on writing, look for the best route that you're going to take when your book is ready and make sure that we hear about your book and we get the chance to read it later on.